much love. This is how we do it. All hands are in the air and wave them from here to there. If you're an OG Mac or a wannabe player, you see the hood's been good to me ever since I was a lowercase G. But now I'm a big G. The girls see I got the money. $100 bill is all. It is episode two, season five. Rub it up. Hi, Jilly. Hello. Hello from me and from my cat who has decided. I heard her meowing. Yeah, she never meows when I'm recording, but maybe it's because she heard your voice and she knew it was she Mama Renee. Loves, she loves Montel Jordan. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. No joke. Oh, um, Saw's Irony. Love. That song slaps no. as hard today as it did when I came out in the 90s. It's so good. And I love it. And I was just like, how do I honor BIPOC people this week? Absolutely. I like, well, I obviously Montel Jordan obviously because yeah it's black history month Mm -hmm. so this week we read books by about depending uh, folks of color black people specifically renee i'm gonna tell you right now i chose my book because the title was (laughs) unhinged so did i Ooh, what i love though is that our definition of unhinged is not the same (laughs) no it's not julie um mine is more the um mad gabs did you you play mad gabs as a child is it mad gabs or mad libs mad libs oh mad libs mad Mad libs yeah Yeah, mad gabs is a is a board game mad libs for folks who were not uh elder millennials i think it might have also been a gen x thing for a bit but uh, is like a little before the internet and smartphones children had to find other ways to occupy themselves and it would be a story with little um blank spaces and on the side they would ask you for a random noun and verb and da 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 and then you would insert it into the story and it would be a silly silly little story because you would just put fart on everything absolutely and like colors yeah. you would put like brown and like locations you'd put like toilet like because children are extremely mature sometimes i'll read something especially for this podcast and i'll be like this person just threw a bunch of words into a mad lib and then wrote a book about it um so that's my book and um it. it's by kalisa or Kalissa, Kalissa Powell. I'm going to call her Kalisi because <laughs> no, <laughs> Kalissa Powell couldn't find much information about her, but she is prolific. Um, the cover features a very beautiful couple, uh, what appears to be like a light skinned black man, um, a black woman. They seem to be in like their maybe thirties, their twenties. The book okay. is called family first. And the subtitle is, an African-American Christian romance and suspense story. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. And how many pages? 25. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. So you're like, well, we're, we're jamming a lot in there. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you about this book and then I'm going to launch right into my reenactment because... Um, I just, I have to. So this book came out in 2016. So, I mean, this is not ancient history by any means. Uh, and like I said, it was a cool 25 pages. So Marcus was invited to try out for the NBA and didn't make it. And he gets back to his hotel room, devastated. 
his brother calls him oh my god who drafted you where did, how's it going da, da, da. and he was like i didn't make it and his brother starts like teasing him about it and he's like oh i wish i could just stay alone in my hotel room and cry fast forward to the future he has moved on I, i'm gonna assume it's a couple years later he's moved on um he gets a degree in business and starts working as a copywriter and he gets his first solo job writing copy for spiced mixed herbal tea. Again, I think she threw a bunch of words in a blender and out they came. So spice mixed herbal tea. <laughs> and he has to work with an artist to come up with the artwork for it. And this artist just like keeps calling in sick for work. And so he keeps putting off his ability to do his job and he feels really stressed. He's like, I really want to nail this. This is my first time being able to work alone on a project. And he's freaking out that he's not going to meet his deadline and realizes, oh man, I'm going to have to miss Mother's Day because I'm going to have to work all weekend. Like, I just have way too oh. much work to do. So, oh I mean, poor Marcus, you know? So, yeah. he goes to a bar to drink away his sorrows and to pray. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, we all find the altar of our choice. So, he's at the bar with a shot in front of him, eyes closed, praying to God to say, what, what should, give me direction. God. Like this man has put so much pressure on Mother's Day. It's like, is your mother dying? Do you see her once a year only on Mother's Day? Like, I'm so confused why it's such a high pressure situation, but he's like, I'm torn between my job and my family. Now remember, this book is called Family First. <laughs> so I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I can see right. where this is going, right? So yeah. then he opens his eyes and like an apparition, there's a beautiful young woman there who's like, wow, you're really staring intently into that drink I see. And then starts like really aggressively hitting on him. And it turns out she's like struggling also. She's out of work right now, had to move back in with her parents. And so she was like, dude, choose work. Like being able to have a steady job is a privilege. And like, you don't want to be broken living with your parents like I am. And he's like, you know what? You're right. You're totally right. And they keep talking. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to call my mom and I'm going to tell her I can't come. Thanks for giving me the courage. And she's like, yeah, no problem. Like, here's my number. If you want to stay in touch or text or anything. And he was like, oh, I want to do more than that. That was literally the only spicy scene in this entire conversation because he then calls his mom who's disappointed, but understands. And then he's texts her. So this woman's name is Jessica and Marcus is texting with Jessica over a few days. And like, He's like, she texts me a lot during the day, but you know, that's understandable because she doesn't have a job, but you know, I can only get back to her at night. And you're like, where is this going? <laughs> Whew. So then he comes home from work one day and he finds his brother standing at his door and his brother is like, what the fuck? We never see you anymore. To be clear, there's no swearing. This is a Christian novel. Um, he's like, we never see you anymore. Now you're bailing on Mother's Day. What's going on with you? And then Marcus is like, you know what? Stay out of my business. I'm trying to make a career for myself. And you're always riding me. And he's like, what do you mean? And then he's like, fucking leave me alone. Again, without swearing. They get into a fisticuff. So they're fighting, physically <laughs> fighting and shoving each other because he won't go home for Mother's Day. What the fuck? Then they like, I don't know, get exhausted by it. And then they end up talking and hugging it out. And the brother is like, you know, if you could at least stop by 
And he's like, I know, it's just like you're always riding me and making me feel so small and shitty. And his brother's like, what do you mean? And then he's like, well, I didn't make the NBA and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I was just teasing you. That's what brothers do. And he's like, yeah, but it makes me feel like I can't trust you. Like you can't just be there for me. They have this like heart to heart. And he's like, okay, I'm going to stop in on Mother's Day and at least like make an appearance. Again, I'm wondering, where is this going? <laughs> like, where is this going? This book is only 25 fucking pages. <laughs> so for some reason, then he gets anxious about telling Jessica that he's going to stop in at his Mother's Day. Uh, Mother's Day, And I don't know if it's because she was so like, choose work first. But he's like so stressed about telling her that he's going for Mother's Day and contemplates not telling her. Tells her and Jessica's like, oh my God, that's great. I'll come with you. And he's like, seems a bit much and a bit soon, considering we've met once. And she's like, no, it'll be great. We can spend time together. Moms love me. And he's kind of like, okay. And she's like, I'll be ready in an hour. And he's like, okay. Picks her up. She looks great. He's like, makes note that her dress is like nice and conservative. Like mama would like it, blah, blah, blah. Then they go to dinner. And... I'm just going to read you what happens, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. So she gets to the door, and Marcus's mom is like, ooh, you brought a lady. Like, she's all, like, excited about it at first, and Jessica's, like, very charming, and his dad is, like, very, like, quiet and silent and doesn't really say or do much, but he seems to be smiling at her. So Marcus is like, okay, great. My parents seem to like her. That's awesome. My brother's excited that I brought someone here. He kind of teased me a bit, but also ultimately they're, like, you know, happy for me, blah, blah, blah. So Marcus has self-esteem issues. He didn't make the NBA. Da, 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 feels like wasted potential. And Jessica's just gassing him up the whole time. And he thinks it's great. <laughs> okay, here we go. She openly held Marcus's hand and talked about his job like he was the president or something. He's going to be rich one day, she said to them as she leaned against his shoulder. She turned to him. People like that Thomas guy aren't going to hold him back. He's smarter than most of them. He chewed his baked chicken as he reveled in her praises. He glanced over at her and smiled. But, she continued, even if this job doesn't get him a lot of money, he's probably capable enough to do any other kind of job. Like working in the stock market. Those guys make a ton of dough every year. He swallowed, then hummed thoughtfully. They do, don't they? Maybe if Hanson and Ferris doesn't tr start treating me better, I should look into a career change. You definitely should. You're worth millions, Marcus, and someone will recognize that soon enough. Marcus was about to put another bite of chicken in his mouth when his attention diverted to the silence around the table. Not Jessica's silence. She was still speaking about how great he was. His family, on the other hand, were being uncharacteristically quiet. Marcus lowered his chicken to his plate and glanced around. His mother was hunched over her food, her eyes downcast, and her smile thin. His brother was watching Jessica, his expression tight and conveying discomfort. His father was frowning. Marcus's stomach sank, his appetite dying. He came to this family thing, he brought over a girlfriend, and they were disappointed in him? Still? Why? He looked at Jessica, who was staring at him while she continued to speak of how successful he was, and how successful he was going to be soon. She was a treasure, a sweetheart. She warmed his heart in ways no one else had. Bitterness encased him, and he returned his focus to his unfinished meal. He supposed that with this family, he had taken one step forward. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting emotional here. <laughs> he supposed that with his family, he had taken one step forward and two steps back. 
they probably would never be on the same page and he just had to make peace with that. To be continued. <laughs> what? <laughs> the suspense is killing me. <laughs> what do you think they're getting at with this story, Renee? That was Dirty Pool. That was Dirty Pool is what that was because now the suspense makes me want to read the next one. Mm-hmm. And what do you think they were getting at with Jessica, do you think? She's a gold digger? Yes! <laughs> And it's so awful how fucking transparent it is. And it's like, I already know what the second book is going to be. It's going to be her like being a gold digger and then him deciding to choose his family first. (laughs) And like, okay, this book is hella Christian because it's basically the Christian origin story, which is women are shifty and you shouldn't trust them. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh, Eve not gonna eat that apple? She's gonna eat that apple and she's gonna fuck up your whole goddamn life. That's what this book felt like the whole time, was just like, (laughs) this woman. And all I pictured, because it was so heavy-handed with the way that she was like throwing herself at him. So there was like a little bit of slut-shaming in there. But all I kept thinking about with her like dominant personality and him being like submissive to her was <laughs> oh i can't remember his name but her name is megan on key and peel the like bit that they do where she's oh, like <laughs> yes and he's like megan stop <laughs> making a scene and she's like fuck yell and then, like runs away without her <laughs> shoes and it's jordan peel as like the most incredible <laughs> woman of all time <laughs> All I like, I had to do it in that voice because I literally just pictured him being like, Megan, settle down. And her being like, why are you like this? It was awful. And it's unfortunate because the writing was actually like quite strong in the sense that like there was like some tension at the beginning. There was like the prologue of him like joining like at the tryouts and you're like, oh, where's this going? And like there was no typos. There were no weird like plot holes and so i just thought you're someone who's clearly very talented deal with your internalized misogyny and we'll (laughs) we'll have a conversation (laughs) so obviously zero out of five on the spice scale um yeah the literal only insinuation of anything sexual was him being like oh i'd love to do more than that um and in terms of accoutrement i mean there is none either. Uh, iced tea? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Spiced mixed herbal tea. <laughs> I mean, what do I even do with that? Um, I just pictured those like really terrible like juice crystals that you get in those plastic tubs and you usually would just make oh, like yeah. a giant cooler of it at a soccer game for children. Yep. And he had to market that, which I find hilarious. Um, and that, uh, that was me this week. Family first, again, an African American Christian romance and suspense. And by suspense, I mean, I'm just going to end in a cliffhanger. Like that's not a suspense. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, it Julie, is in the cause... sense that I do want to know what happens, but like a suspense to me, typically when we read romance suspense is like criminal. I mean, I guess that's, she, she's a hustler. So maybe that's the criminal element is like, this woman's going to swindle him out of his money. Couldn't tell you. Not a fan. Um, that was me this week. Damn. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Damn, so, man. anyways, um, happy Black History. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that year though that I read that 
book for Black History Month that was written by a man, and it was the most infuriating thing I'd ever read in my life. 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, winners and losers all the time. All the time. All the time. And there are, like, for new listeners, we read authors of color all year round, and there are some absolute incredible, I mean, some of my favorite authors that we've ever read on the show are black, uh, black women. There's an Asian woman who writes incredible stuff. There's like a ton of biracial women that we've read. Like, but this was just, it was too many words in one title for me to look away. Like, I just was like, (laughs) I'm already processing the incredible amount of ridiculousness in the title of this book. Um, so that was me. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, when you have to read something in a pinch, you, uh... Well, yeah, and also, like, it was a, for, it right? was in the Kobo <laughs> store. It was free, so I definitely got what I, what I paid for. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about you, Renee? Tell me more. And by more, I mean, tell me everything. Okay, well, this book had everything. <laughs> <laughs> so my book was by Kimberly Lemming. And Kimberly started writing books uh, during the pandemic. Um kind of all in the same series i think with the exception of her first book and um she you know a woman of color and her female protagonists are all women of color as well love that but she this book had everything okay listen it had a demon Ooh. it had multiple demons it had orcs it had a lich and you know i fucking live for a lich julie you know i live for a lich. <laughs> It had a lich. It had, um, it, it had a family, and they loved each other, and they were good to each other. There was magic. There was steamy, steamy fucking. Oh, jealous! It was fantastic, and I'm so happy that I read it, and I will 100% be reading more. Not only that, I'm going to sign up for this woman's Patreon because this book was so spicy. That she has fan art on her Patreon of the characters fucking, and I want to see it. Oh, so, that's a hook. I've never signed up to an author's Patreon. Neither have I. it's going to happen. What a, yeah. what a debut. Yeah, and on her on her website, she did, like, AI renderings of her characters. Incredible. And so you can see them, and I love it. So what I read was, that time I got drunk and saved a demon. Oh, I'm already in. It's part of... It's part of the Mead Mishaps collection. Mm. The second one is That Time I Got Drunk and Yeeted a Love Potion <laughs> at a Werewolf. And the newest one that's coming soon is That Time I Drugged a Dragon. Oh, my God. I mean, you put yeet yeah. in a title, I'm in. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. And, uh, like, they're all kind of connected, so all the characters kind of flow through the stories. So you definitely have to read, like, the first one um, to read, like, to understand the rest. But... I loved it. So a lot happens in my book. It's a really solid story. Um, How long is it? So it was 167 ebook pages. I don't know what that translates to in book pages. Okay. But I, I crushed it this afternoon. I mean, it's it's significant, right? You were able to expand on it more than my 25 pager. So that's great. Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us okay. about this greatness. Yeah, I'm going to try and just like explain it with without going into like way too much detail okay because it, the story is really good but you know i'm just gonna like veer off and to be like then there was a dragon <laughs> and then you know and it it all happens folks everything happens but here are the highlights okay it's the heroes call festival 
our protagonist, whose name is Cinnamon Hot Pepper, um, she's getting fucking loaded at this festival um, because the Heroes Call Festival, what it is, is like in her little village, um, some like local folks are chosen to be the heroes to this goddess. Okay, and the goddess uh, is called Maiva. And what Maiva did, like, hundreds of years ago, was that she um, set up, like, this magic wall around some villages where she has temples to keep demons out, right? So there's no demons in these villages. Um, and what the heroes do is that they go and they protect these villages, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Following. So, so Cinnamon, she's pretty wasted, and she is, like, heading home when somebody in like a cloak jumps out and is like give me your fucking money and she's like no man she's like no because she knows who it is it's it's one of the like huckabee boys and she's he's like no no, give me your shit she's like what no she's like i know who you are like you're not getting and then he's like well give me your cloak and she's like no man you give me your cloak and so they just start fighting back and forth because this woman is a fearless woman (laughs) like she's just like "Mm, fuck off so he ends up like running and so she's because she's drunk she's like nah I'm gonna chase him like this this is bullshit so she starts chasing him and um he's disappeared into the woods he's in all black so she can't really see him so she's kind of listening and she hears some groaning and she's like oh man maybe this guy got hurt like I'll go try and find him and so she's like okay we'll keep making noise I'll find you you know because she's not a bad egg right she's a good person so she comes across a rock slide and she's like oh shit there's somebody trapped under this rock slide so she gets them out and um obviously like a smoking hot man and he's like seven feet tall and she's like humana humana um and he's just like wow thanks for saving me but like you need to run and she's like pardon me he's like yeah you need to run right now and then he like goes fucking feral and tries to attack her she gets away um, and so she makes it into like one of the fields at her family's home. Her family are spice farmers, and that's why her name is Cinnamon Hot Pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so she makes it into one of the one of the fields, and she almost makes it to the house. And she's like, "Ha ha, loser!" Then he catches her, um, and she ends up slapping him in the face with like a cinnamon branch. I didn't know cinnamon grew on trees. Uh, it, I didn't it does. Either. I didn't know that. Yeah, cinnamon from a tree. So she hits him in the face with a tree. And that seems to, like, break him of this, like, rage that he has. And then she gets inside, she bars the door, and she falls asleep. So next day, her brother, Cumin, (laughs) uh, Cumin comes in. He's like, what do you do, buddy? And she's like, there's a demon. He's like, okay, all right, okay. Um, And uh, her, her dad's like, okay, well... You guys need to go to the temple and just pray for protection because he takes it. He t- took what she said really seriously. So right off the bat, her dad believes her. Mm, we love that. Love that. Love that. Um, so brother Cumin, other brother Chili, um, they're all going to take her to the um, to the temple, but not before a big breakfast. Not before a big breakfast in this loving lovely family. So they set out their breakfast. There's an empty plate for their little sister Cherry who died um in a bog we'll come back to that um so they're they're just kind of sitting down and then um he's like uh you know yeah we you know if there's if there's like a demon um 
you know, out, out and about? Like, can you tell, can you describe him to us? What did he look like? And then from the kitchen window, you hear, oh, I look a bit like this. And because the demon's fucking there, Julie. He came back, came back. And so, of course, the family, like, they love each other. They're protective, all that. So they attack him. But he's a fucking demon. He's really strong. He's like, okay, stop, guys. Like, I need to, I need to talk to your daughter. Like, I need to explain what's going on. Um, so turns out, um, this goddess is not really a goddess. She's a lich. What's a lich, Julie? Do you remember? Probably not. So a lich <laughs> is a <laughs> uh, kind of like undead wizard, like a dark wizard, necromancer, um, who has separated their heart into little vessels and spread them around so they can never die. Make sense? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've I've read a lot about liches, Juliet. I and I feel like <laughs> you maybe you would you would have picked up more about liches, <laughs> given that I've read no less than two other books about liches. But that's okay. You got a lot on your mind. You got a lot on your mind, Julie. Um, sorry, it's okay. So anyway, he's like, this is what's going on now. He's like, I was under a spell because this this person you think is a goddess is actually a lich and she's making demons feral and violent so she can control them so other people can control them but when you hit me last night with that cinnamon it actually took the spell off of me so we learned okay well he wasn't really attacking her he was just under a spell um and that cinnamon can break it also cinnamon the person can break it julia so he takes her and he's like so the lich's heart is in a chalice in her temple. I need you to go break it because demons can't enter the temple. So she's like, okay. And he's like, you do that. And like, I promise like no demons will fuck with your town, but also like your family will be safe. I'll keep you safe. Don't worry. And he's, and she's like, oh, fine. Okay. So she goes, it's also obviously like a fight ensues. She breaks the chalice. And then um, they both like have a battle with this like oozy gross bone orc thing that comes out. Um, and after the, the battle, Cinnamon's like, hey, yeah, that was great. Um, thanks for everything. And then he's like, yeah. And then she's like, good luck at the other temples. And he's like, what do you, what do you mean the other temples? She's like, well, there's three other temples. And he's like, oh shit. So she has to go on this quest with him to these other temples. So she agrees to go do it. And, uh, like obviously along the way they make friends. Uh, we learn that, uh, this demon whose name is Fallon is like really in love with uh cinnamon. Um, but he's like, you know, I want you to marry me like when this is all done. And she's like, no. And he's like, well, what, what's it going to take? And she's like, you need to earn a thousand points with me, like earn a thousand points and I'll marry you. Um, he's like deal. Um, and so he just like edges her for a long time. Um, there's like a scene in a bog where like she thinks she hears her sister who drowned in the bog, but it was just like a monster. And so then like he saves her and this really beautiful scene plays out. I'm going to read a little bit about it. Um, and that's just kind of like the whole story. So they end up at another town and um, they meet this innkeeper at like, I think the, 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 I think the like tavern she runs is called like the, the silly hyena or something. And she has a hyena and it's hilarious. Um, and so she, so in this town, there are like demons that are under the spell, but they all have collars on them. And so they are actually slaves in this town. And so when they explain to the innkeeper kind of what the situation is, she's like, well, I'm going to help you because I had no idea that's what was going on. I thought these were just like animals. Um, but, you know, let me, let me help you. I can't like 
look away from this problem now. So she joins the crew. Um, along the way, they like save a werewolf and a lamia, which is like a snake man. Now it's not a naga, which is different, where they have a snake head, a man torso, and a snake lower body. This is like all man on top, snake on bottom, like a centaur situation. <laughs> okay. But it's snake. yeah, um, they're both smoking hot. The book involving the yeeting at the werewolf <laughs> involves this werewolf. Okay, so he's in the next book. Um, they uh, they end up like attacking the town, and during this time. Like they've they've like uh, destroyed this chalice, and then we learn that Fallon is also a dragon. So he turns into a big giant dragon and burns down the town. Ooh. Um, and they have their first like real sex scene at this time, but he doesn't penetrate her. What he does, and I love this, Julie, is he's like obviously he like you know servicing her and stuff, but he gets behind her. He puts his humongous demon penis between her thighs and he fucks her thighs oh. while he's like diddling her. And I was like, wow. I was like, that's lovely. Yeah. That's so lovely. <laughs> um, so romantic. Yeah, so the, it's so romantic, Julie. Um, eventually they do end up like getting demon person married. Um, they meet another dragon along the way who has like a chalice in his hair and is being controlled. They save him. But the hero in this is Cinnamon. Like, Cinnamon is, she becomes, like, a ship captain with her friend from the inn. And, like, all of the demons that they save in this town join her merry band of, like, pirates to go save the day. And, like, they don't have to, like, really fight to explain a lot about what they're doing because people believe them, which I really loved. I hate books where it's, like, nobody believes them. But also... Fallon is like, I'll just murder anybody that hurts you. And he's like ripping off arms and shit when men are being shitty to her. And I also loved that. Um, in the end, there's a full on lich fight. Uh, loved every second of it. They do. They do get the lich. Don't worry. Um, and uh, it's just a really uh, it's just a great story. It's a great story, Julie. It was a lot of adventure. And if anybody knows me, they know that I love to escape into worlds of fantasy. And this book had everything. Um, the fucking was so unbelievably spicy. So spicy. Um, like, the the main character is so funny, too. Like, she's just always like, okay, you do you, buddy. Like, to fucking <laughs> misogynists and shit. It's so funny. Um, she's a drinker. And she's loud and she likes to eat and she was fantastic. She has pink hair, oh. which I also liked. Uh, she doesn't want to have anything to do with adventure. And then <laughs> adventure finds her, Julie. <laughs> it just finds her. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just beautiful. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I, a lot happens. Anyway, everybody should read it. Everybody should read it. Now, this book had one of the most beautiful, like, intimate moments. Mm. Like, a couple times. And what it was was washing each other's hair. Ooh, that is such an intimate thing. So intimate and so beautiful because it was just about, like, taking care of one another. And I thought that was so lovely because at this point they weren't, like, being all sexy with each other. They were just taking care of each other during difficult times. And I thought that was so beautiful. And it, it like, this is before the fucking. And then the hair washing continued a couple times into it. Then there was like the thigh humping, which I was just like, love that. Love that for these people. 
Um, it was great. 10 out of 10. And I am going to just read the next couple of them for my own interest because fuck, it was spicy, Julia. I was yeah. just like, Jesus Christ. Yes, <laughs> so. do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read uh, one of the hair washing scenes. Yes. If you're, if you're good with that. Um, I know that wasn't really a great... So much happens. I can't... Listen, all you guys need to know, okay? There's monsters. There's a lich. That right there is a reason to read it. There's spicy, spicy fucking. There's a demon with a humongous penis. He turns into a dragon. Very funny main character. Lots of, like, empowered women being friends, being leaders. And just spicy fucking. That, that's those that dragon lich take that <laughs> roll with it it's gonna be a good time i just crushed it this afternoon so you know it's like really good right mm-hmm. uh, so what has happened here is they've they've gone through the bayou um you can buy merch from this author that says tits out in the bayou which I oh love. love that my friend's yeah. going to new orleans this summer i should get her that you should get it for her because we want to support this author. She's hilarious. Also, I saw on her Instagram that she was talking to like movie producers about Ooh. this book recently. Yeah, and she was just like, "Holy shit, what's happening in my life?" So it it could be a book. It could be a movie. Like I could see it as a cartoon, honestly. Mm. Um, but I loved it. Um. So okay. So in this scene, I mentioned that her sister died in like the bayou in a bog. So in this scene, it gets really foggy. She's supposed to be sleeping. Um, but. Um, she hears her sister calling to her and so she runs through the bog looking for her sister she sees her standing in the water so she goes to her to save her um and it turns out this is thing called like a water dog and it's like projecting your your memories or something that's important to you so that you can't like so that you want to go be with it or save it right and so she goes to her sister and then fallon finds her and he's like you need to back up you need to get away from whatever this is but it drags her under and she's like oh my god my mom is gonna be like all she could think about was her mother and how devastated her mother was gonna be um but fallon dives in he kills this dog saves the day um and he actually just like carries her out of the water and he's like okay you've had a trauma um so i'm just gonna take care of you and this is where he like warms her up and he like unbraids her hair so he can clean it and it was beautiful so here we go okay Ooh, i'm ready <laughs> buckle up just find out where i'm gonna or i'm going to finish okay here we go i can walk on my own i hissed at him my throat felt tight as i fought away tears so stupid i needed to get away from him before i made an even bigger fool of myself I know you can, but you're half frozen. You saw something terrible and upsetting and you need to rest, so let me help you. He set me down next to the riverbank with a gentleness I never expected from someone so terrifying. It wasn't until he let go that I truly realized how cold I was. My hand shook in front of me and all I wanted to do was curl up and rekindle the fire. Fallon removed a small braid from the front of my face and plucked a twig from another. He sighed as he sat down behind me and began to unravel one of them. I jerked my head away and shot him a glare. What do you think you're doing? Those took forever. Something like pity floated across his face as he took in my shivering form. Yes, and they were stunning, but now they are covered in swamp mess, and I doubt you'll be able to wash all of it out with them still in place. He began on the left side of my scalp, quickly unfashioning each braid. 
Fallon's hands were lean and elegant for a man. His fingers combed through each segment, freeing the tight curls from each other before moving on to the next braid. I closed my eyes at the soothing sensation. He was right about everything, as much as I hated to admit it. It took everything I had not to just collapse against him in exhaustion. Tears I'd been fighting back rebelled in my eyes. I swallowed hard at the same um, as the shame built in the pit of my stomach. I'm sorry. The whisper was all I could manage without turning into a blubbering fool. Fallon ran his hand through my new section of free hair. That was a water dog. They hunt by luring their prey into the water, as you saw. Their magic can make even uh, can even make you see things that you can't resist. I should have known better. He paused his movements. How? Do you have a background in fighting monsters I should know about? He said with a grin. I've seen creatures far bigger than you fall victim to even lesser magic. His hands started up again, undoing the last of the tight braids. My shoulders shook as the floodgates opened. Hot tears spilled down my face as I frantically tried to wipe them off. My little sister disappeared four years ago, I choked out. Bree, Chili, and I had gone into the bayou to explore as stupid kids do. Despite being the youngest, Cherry being the bravest, ran further ahead than us. But that black water dog snatched her and pulled her into the river. We searched for weeks and she was nowhere. It took my sister and I fell for the damn thing again. Fallon stopped my movements and put his hand on my forehead, forcing me to lean back against him. His arms came around my waist and held me tight. His back was so warm. He rested his chin on the top of my head and slowly stroked his thumb on my arm. Just cry, he breathed. And she fucking cries a lot because that is how you take care of people. Ooh, that is a tender and thoughtful lover. You know what I'm saying? And they're not even, they're not even fucking yet. Exactly. They get, they get in the water after this. Both of them naked because they're like, whatever, like we got to get clean. Also, yeah, I should mention they bathe a lot in this. Ooh. And I love that for so this story. He's like, oh, they had no less. She had no less than three baths in this book. Okay. I recently found out that Vikings were notorious for many things. One of which was that they bathed a lot and like yes. Christians were horrified by it. And yeah. it, I mean, as someone who is. To the point where it's a mental illness, <laughs> clean and tidy. I love this. I love the fact that there's all this bathing and hair washing, like all of this. That mm-hmm. sounds so beautiful. And my it was jam. so beautiful. Yeah, at no point in this book was I was like, was I like, she probably stinks. At no point was I like, she's gonna get a UTI. And yeah, typically, unless it's like a contemporary romance, we're all just kind of assuming that shit is dank down below. So yeah. that's a refreshing change. Don't hate that. Yes. So many showers and baths together, separately. Loved it. I loved it. Big fan. Now, um, I have news for us here Oh, that I just want to share with you real quick. Please do. First thing is that we hit 15,000 downloads. Woo! Yeah. That's a Thank lot you, for everybody. two women who don't advertise and have no sponsors. <laughs> hundred percent that's go on thank you listeners i'm so thank glad so that people people reach out to me all the time to say that like we provide them with some levity in life and i just love that so much oh i love that too uh I th- we do this for us like for fun but like as a nerd uh i like seeing numbers and statistics and fortunately we have those at our disposal so i i think that's fun now on to a fun fact julie that i yeah. learned today um, did you did you watch the show Eureka's Castle when you were a kid? Ooh, I don't think so. But please know that it's because I did not have television for most of my childhood because my parents yeah. were 
new wave hippies who didn't really believe in um it so it it says more about me than it does about anything else proceed sure so okay so it was a show came out in 1989 only it was only on tv for a couple years um it was a puppet show um and it was awesome in fact eureka is like this little wizard i'm pretty sure that eureka is the first day them puppet um because (laughs) Eureka definitely has they them hair like it's pastel just pastel <laughs> hair in 1989 which is huge but that's not the fun fact Julie oh I mean I thought that was Do a- you want to guess no Do you want to guess who the who the like writer was for this show mm, Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> no also known as jovial Bob Stein that's right. R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein? R.L. Stein. And I, I honestly, he was the co-creator and head writer for this show. What? And what? I know. And I think that's so fucking wild because the show's like puppets and like really good puppets too. Like Jim Henson level puppets. Like the show was unreal. Like no, they had like today's special Canadian television puppets. <laughs> no. No. Like really Big good. budget. Like, Oh, yeah. Big budget, but like really, really fucking good. And yeah, our boy, Mr. Stein, was <laughs> the co-creator and writer. And I only found this out by accident because I found a Eureka's Castle clip on Instagram yesterday and I shared it. And it was my favorite show. My favorite show. It was so fucking silly and I loved it. Because um, I loved puppets. What can I say? And I fucking love R.L. Stein. Like, I know R.L. Stein is up there with, like, no word of a lie. R.L. Stein is one of those celebrities that when he passes, and he will, he is older than me, mm-hmm. I will be so devastated. Like, I will be so sad because I even watched his fucking master class. You know, the. the- <laughs> good i had i was given a masterclass subscription um and i actually really enjoyed it and i'm like apparently it really took off during the pandemic and i'm like i can see why because there were some really good ones but one of the best ones was arl stein because he i mean nobody nobody i mean fuck this kalisa woman that i read today no one does a fucking page turner plot twist keep you going like rl stein i mean when i was a child i was eating up those books because every at the end of every chapter you're like what's gonna happen so i mean the mind the mind of that man the depths to his imagination we gotta do a goosebumps podcast like oh uh, there's 62 books oh i i know because i was trying to um collect them all and then some lovely person who i don't even know and i can't even think of their name offhand but some like middle-aged i believe like white man was just like hey here they all are as an epub file and just sent me all 60 so my kobo is half smutty romance (laughs) and half goosebumps so if i ever lost it and someone found it they would be like j'appelle la police like it's like so (laughs) sketchy (laughs) literally there's no in between it's like just like <laughs> don't go in the basement or like lesbians mash mounds or like whatever <laughs> whatever um anyways our <laughs> boy did not know that love that little factoid thank you for bringing yeah. this into my life yeah you're welcome i i know you love rl Stein oh, and uh so much yeah but um, to the point yeah, where but- i thought it was his name that was said all the time at um 
um, Wheel of Fortune when you know how they tell you <laughs> when you get to the final the final like puzzle and they give you a bunch of letters to start with and then you get to choose the rest <laughs> yeah the letters are like r l s t whatever and i literally thought it was r l stein <laughs> as a child and then you like started with r l stein and then you pick the other letters and vowels that you want the- uh i love that <laughs> I would see him in places that he wasn't. That's how much I loved him. What I'm saying is I was a child with an active imagination and a slight obsession problem, but um, love this. Well, this was a delightful and very, as usual, very diverging path that we took this week. I had African American Christian romance and suspense. And you were like, a dragon fucked your thighs and washed your hair. And you're like, yes, that tracks. Oh, my God. I was just like, yum, yum, yum. I don't want this to end. <laughs> so spicy. And it was like, oh, I guess we're going to fuck again. I was like, yes. <laughs> like, at no point was I like, there's too much fucking in this. Which was, has happened. If people, it has. listeners know that we are filthy people. And even we sometimes are like, okay, let's see too much. <laughs> oh, this one had like praise and it had, but it was not like. There was no, like, it wasn't overpowering or, like, bitchy. It was just, like, he was, like, do you want me to do this? And she's, like, yep. And he's, like, okay, good, girl. And I was, like, fuck yes. Okay. Like, <laughs> loved it. Loved it. And I, w- I remember I, like, took a break after reading a scene and went to the bathroom because I had to pee. And my cheeks were just red. <laughs> I was, like, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I'm blushing. Trying to do my my work at the same time as reading this, so. Uh, well next week has tasty emails (laughs) next week has potential to be very renee centric because what are we doing next week renee what's our next episode fated mates fated mates Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so probably gonna get some shifter mating situation some like what's that thing where they hook each other on the inside Oh, nodding, nodding with like the dog mm-hmm. penises. Yeah. I own one of those I bought uh while I was drunk off Etsy. Oh, you can find them there too, folks. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by <laughs> by Snotted Dildos <laughs> and Squarespace. No. Um <laughs> Have you heard of HelloFresh? Yeah. <laughs> HelloFresh, but I mean, it's the only kind of dildos I want. Let's be real. Uh, Well, it's been very nice chatting with you, Renee. We're off to a great start for season five. Always a pleasure. And thank you to our sweet angel, Joshua. Oh, as well. As as always, he's the real MVP. Oh, my God. And he always sends me pictures of his sweet little baby. And I can't wait to go nosh on her little cheeks. Uh, Also important for listeners to know a ginger baby. Oh, it's a ginger baby oh. and i would walk a mile over broken glass for a ginger baby gingers are um going extinct they are now one percent of the population and um they are beautiful beautiful real life unicorns and josh's baby is no exception she's just like the sweetest little duckling i want to gobble her up like i want to eat her she's so sweet I have not yet had the pleasure of meeting her. She's going to be one in April. Goddamn COVID. After I turn one. So, <laughs> you know, kind of twins that way. Twinsies. But I'm going to meet her 
and I'm going to kiss her cheekies yeah. and nobble her little toe toes, and it's going to be great. And then meanwhile, my kids will be like, why don't you spend time with us? <laughs> and so. you're like, because you're not one anymore, so you're not... Because you're not Lilith. Get out of here. <laughs> um, I No, I wouldn't do that. But they're not they're not chubby, wubby, little baby boos anymore. Or gingers. So. You failed yeah, on that front, so. Renee. You failed on that front. I mean, well, your kids are beautiful. One of them looks so much like my mom that I'm like, don't look at me. Oh. <laughs> I don't say that. I don't say that. You like the spirit? But she's adorable. Yes. You do have beautiful children, but they are not newborn and they are not gingers. So Josh's baby yeah. wins out. Sorry, not sorry. Every time. Uh, <laughs> yum, yum, yum. But uh, yeah, it's just, this was a, a slice and I'm going to go read some more Kimberly Fleming books. Um Get yourself a man who definitely reads Kimberly Fleming books. Oh, yeah. Oops. Yeah, yeah. Get on that. 100%. Okay. Well, this, I love you. I love this you too. Great. I love you too. Do you want to do, do your thing? I'll, say, I'll, say I'll do my thing. Okay. <clears throat> Ravage love. Ravage love. This is how we do it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Artwork for the show is created by Karen McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushigiyami. That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at RavageLove on Instagram and Twitter, or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. (laughs) 